When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome to the Barca Blogranas podcast. My name is Josh. We are joined by Emil Avanesian to talk all things Barcelona. Emil, how are we doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Uh, I'm going to save the fun of Kylian Mbappe <laughs> till the very end of this podcast because it, it, we, we finally get something fun to talk about with Real Madrid where they, they went flailing. Um, yep. Let's talk about um, the Barcelona women's team uh, had their Champions League matchup. And since they've had that, they've uh, I believe they beat Real Madrid. Yeah, they beat Real Madrid to uh, seal their spot in their uh, the Copa. Yeah, they won four 0 yesterday. Yeah, so kind of strange having the Copa del Rey semifinals after the Champions League finals, but whatever. Yeah. Um, the game itself, I think, if you are someone who pays attention to women's soccer pretty closely, you knew that this wasn't going to be some sort of blowout. Um, yeah. I think the uh, the the women's Spanish league isn't as strong. As perhaps uh, some, I mean, obviously, when a team can do what Barcelona's women's team did, yeah. the league isn't as strong as it could be, and I think maybe that was part of the reason why. Like, so it's, I think it's kind of twofold. Like, I don't know that there is any one women's league yet that is. I mean, I think NWSL is. Yeah, you know, there there are better and worse teams, but I think NWSL on the whole is very competitive. I think but the I French league is pretty competitive too, from what I understand. Well, it, it's like a two horse race where, um, I mean, it's effectively like Lyon and PSG. Yeah. And PSG is like, you know, they poured a lot of money in recently. I mean, I, I guess know, my point was there wasn't some giant gap between Barcelona and Lyon that no. I think some people thought there was. Like, they're the two best teams in the world. Yes. Like, they're very close to each other. I think Barcelona's numbers were just so stupid that people thought. They're just going to blow them out. Well, so I, I wrote a piece and I'll, I'll send you the link for this. It's on, uh, I wrote a piece for Urban Pitch kind of, I, um, is that the previewing. one you did send me? Because I read it. Um, I oh, think yes, you sent it yes, to yes, me. yes, yes. It was very yeah. good. So, but essentially it was like, I feel like last year, so Leon, because they're superstar, uh, and I never know how to pronounce her first name, but Ada or Ada Hegerberg, the, she was the first ever female Ballon d'Or winner. And so she was out last year with a blown ACL. And so they lost the league again by one point and uh, lost in the, I believe the quarterfinals of the Champions League again to PSG on away goals. So it was like, they were still, you know, within a whisker of the, the Champions League semifinals and another league goal without league title. But I don't know if you remember the, the, so the stats I put in there prior to last year's defeat. Um, oh no, I guess going into the 2019 Champions League final where they, where they played Barca, they had won 13 straight domestic titles, <laughs> uh, 10 
domestic cups, five Champions Leagues, uh, in, <laughs> including the previous three, three trebles. And bear in mind, the following year, they went on to win the treble again. Um, what was it? They lost a total of five league games in 13 years. Um, what was the other one? Oh, yeah. During that stretch, they had scored 1,010 domestic goals, <laughs> conceded 66. I think that we're at the point. So, you, you know, when you look at like uh, NBA stats from like yeah. the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. and there are some teams that are just like, they just like, like the Celtics. Yeah. Like we're at that point with women's professional football where some of these teams can build up such crazy resumes that in 50 yes. years from now, you know, a Leon fan can be like, I don't know, we might be the best team ever. And they might suck by then, but because they've done such crazy things. Yeah. You have now, like five troubles. And yeah. It, it is incredibly, and I, I'm not saying anything, you know, groundbreaking here. Mm. It is kind of cool. It, it's not cool that it took this long for women's soccer mm. to like get the recognition it deserves, mm. but it is cool kind of experiencing the groundswell. Like yes. that we're at the point where like you, I think the last time you were on, you were talking about how crazy the Camp Nou was in the Champions mm-hmm. League games, um, like this momentum that is building. And I hope it doesn't stop. Like, I hope it doesn't, it yeah. wasn't this crazy just because Barcelona's women's team was doing something um, pretty stupid, like stupidly historic that, yeah. you know, I hope that momentum doesn't stop once things get more competitive because I mean, that Champions League final match was obviously wasn't great for Barcelona, right? But mm-hmm. it was thrilling. Like that first goal was like, I mean, the, I obviously wanted Barcelona to win. That was like, goal oh, it, it was such a, it was like, it was a backbreaker, man. Like that was just like, it yeah. was brutal. And they, they looked so good in the first half. Yeah. Well, they looked, I mean, I think just as far as like breaking down what was up with the game, I think the biggest well, I think it was twofold. One, I guess there was like the psychological thing where like Leon were emphatically not afraid of or intimidated by Barca. Because not at all. They're like, no, we've been doing this for like a decade now. Like this is just our thing. And also, but I just noticed, I think it was like maybe in the midfield as well, but definitely on the back line. Um, it just, it felt like they were stronger and just more you know i mean tactically and um you know in terms of like awareness and tactics and you know intelligent play and everything else like they were already on par but also i felt like when you had you know whether it was like aitana or uh carolyn graham hansen trying to attack i just like i felt like they got also out muscled off the ball in addition to yeah sort of being matched in terms of talent and tactics yeah the the physicality was definitely there yeah um so if i'm I'm gonna pull a bill simmons here if you played this game 10 times are Mm -hmm. leon that much better than barcelona or do you think it's like six four or something like that like pretty evenly split i think it's more like six four i mean six Mm -hmm. four yeah like i think leon are better especially when they're at full strength but um well especially i think too um I think if you play this game, we're not we're not playing ten times in a vacuum, right? Like, do do Barca get to learn from each subsequent experience? I I think it's ten times in a vacuum. Oh yeah, then maybe seven three, but yeah, okay. like, I, but I, yeah, because I don't think Barca get run off the pitch every time. But yeah. but it was such an eerie sort of because um, when they played, what was it three years ago in the final? Like Leon were up four nil, 
after half an hour and it was just done yeah they like punch him in the mouth and by the time barcelona learned what was going on it was too late yeah I mean, like, like, like if, if that was a two-leg match, I would be very interested to see how the second leg would go. Yes. I mean, it might go the exact same. I don't know, but... Um, well, I thought Alexia's finish was, like, it was so difficult. And, like, it's one of these... It's like a glorious goal that will get lost to, you know, defeat and history and stuff. But yeah. just off of that cross. And, man, if, if Patri is, like, that midfield attempt when you know that could have made it three two if it doesn't hit the crossbar but it actually just goes in i'm really interested to see how those last kind of you know whatever it was 25 minutes or however long was left i'm interested to see how that plays out yeah but um the women's team still has a chance to do the domestic double they play in the final this weekend against sporting helva um and yeah obviously like an incredible season historic making it's a tough loss i mean kind of a reality check a little bit uh yeah but you know I, I like i don't even know like you can learn some stuff from that but it's also just like they were there's not like a ton to it's not like they choked Mm-mm. like they lost to a better team so and it's like it's the one team that's genuinely sort of legitimately just beaten them down in a game it's the only team to do it in the last three years and they've done it twice you know it's there yep. but because they can you know last year against chelsea it was like almost the reverse. Barca just came in and like swept them aside. And yeah, but Leon are, you know, they're really good at this just in terms of experience and just being a fantastic team. And they're, yeah, like they don't scare at all, which I think is a little bit of some of these dominant teams. Like, I think that helps a little bit because when Barca score against so many teams, like I always just call them like a team of apex predators. Like as soon as there's blood, like you can see them all kind of like the feeding frenzy starting and they're coming for goals and like not two or three of them. Like everyone wants their piece of the action. Yep. Um, well, let's talk about the men's team a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> end of the season in a whimper, uh, a little 2-0 loss yeah. to Villarreal. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of a crappy way to end the year. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Wasn't a fun way to lose. Um end of year thoughts when you think about this season you know five years from now when we talk about the 21 22 season uh hopefully you're thinking about you know wow that was the beginning of Chavi's, you know run to the trouble uh ho- yes. hopefully that's what we're thinking about right but like what will you think of the team's performance five years from now well like the whole thing you know like uh i was actually thinking about this recently it's like it's kind of like a bell curve where uh like at the beginning, it just, it couldn't have felt worse. You know, Messi's gone. Like the team is broke, you know, like it just, everyone kind of hates Kuman and like he's giving everyone ample reason to, it seems like just the whole thing felt kind of broken and on fire. And so, I mean, judging from where we were, I guess, I don't know where exactly the sort of the bottom of the trough was, but you know, somewhere around like November, December, I guess it was November maybe. Yeah. To go from there to, you know, you clinched second place with, you know, at least a match or two to spare. So you're going to be back in the champions league. You finished second. So you didn't even have to, you know, scrape into fourth or anything like that. Um, 
like on the whole, I think like all that was achieved, you know, Ansu is back and, you know, he was regaining his footing. Like, so he didn't, you know, he didn't make like massive, massive contributions all season, but he's back healthy, regaining his footing, scoring goals. Um, Pedri, as long as he's healthy, looks just like a, you know, just like this untouchable superstar. And, you know, like there was a lot of really good individual performances and kind of fun performances, you know, season long sort of stories to watch. I we're, the, we're not going to talk about the Europa League stuff. We're just going to forget that they were in the Europa League. Well, that's that's the thing. I was like, if if it had not, yeah, like because I think the the Eintracht Frankfurt bit was where the whole thing sort of falls off a cliff a second time. I mean, we could say like, yo, we lost the eventual champions of Europe. Uh, and the the thing is, like, that's your, like they're like that's not a bad team. You know what I mean? No, like, it's not it's like they went out and lost to you know just some awful like nobody team. But it just it felt just the form of the the you know domestically and in Europe, their form had been so good for what was it like going on two or three months at that point, where you felt like okay, so they got a one one in Germany, like okay cool we can come back and you know use. At worst, you play these guys even and you go to penalties or, you know, you get a home win and and you move on. And yeah, they just turned in and they laid an absolute egg at the worst, at the worst yep. moment. And, you know, so that I, that does leave kind of a an extra bad taste in, you know, in your mouth when you look back at the season. But in terms of like, if you just take inventory of like what happened, all in all, like, we kind of have to consider this a success. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, totally agree so, with you. Because on top uh, of that too, we're going in, you know, they mid-season, they were able to sign a 55 million euro player. Now I know it's super hot button, whether like, should it, should that have been the 55 million guy? Is he worth it? Will he ever be worth it? Like, I don't even want to get, but, but the mere fact that they were able to do that and they're going so they're paying the in installments right i think it was like a 30 and a 25 or something like that. that i mean here's the thing you know 10 years from now we're always we're like we're going to talk about the coutinho <laughs> signing the uh griezmann signing uh, yeah. for better you know the the dembele signing he's he's <laughs> worth he's worth it but he's that was still a lot of money um yep. uh it's gonna get swept under the rug because it's not the same amount of money but given the context of post-covid economics barcelona yep. economics that Ferrantora signing is gonna go up there as one of the strangest, you know. Even if he turns out to be pretty good, um, which I, I think he is. Like, he, the, I think he is decent. He's quite good. Yes, <laughs> it's just it, like you said. Given the context, very, it's gonna feel weird to like look at that in a couple years. Well, I think, I think where he really, um, I think where he really suffers, because like he he does the one thing and. It's also sort of what gets him into trouble perception-wise is he has this unique sort of gift for send like finding the ball and finding scoring opportunities. Like he really knows where to be to have the ball fall to his feet in great scoring chances. He just, and I haven't watched him, you know, I didn't watch him with Man City. Like I didn't watch him, you know, week in, week out um, previously when he was in Spain, you know? But like, there has to be, if he finishes a couple more of those chances, um, 
it's probably a different situation. I always think of the, was it the first leg? Yeah, it was the first leg against Napoli in the Europa League where, I mean, he scored the only goal in the one, one all draw, but that was on a penalty and he missed conservatively like three golden opportunities. Um, and I remember the bar that I was at, like there was like older Catalan men not pleased with like our new acquisition. But um, I think what really hurts him though is back when, you know, back when Barca had money was like, they would sign like three, you know, two, three, four guys at, you know, between whatever, like 30 and 50 million. And so like, if you come in and you have a little bit of a hard time or you miss some opportunities or whatever, you're part of this like class of signings. So maybe some of your, if someone else does really well, maybe like your shortcomings fly under the radar. Um, the the way that I've equated it is like Ferran Torres is like the club saved its salary for, or it saved its allowance for so long and had one crack at buying like an expensive toy. And so he has to carry the weight of being like the expensive toy that they bought. Well, especially because like at him like, all right, be awesome. <laughs> and especially because like, if they had saved some of that, like maybe we're not confused as to whether or not they have the money to sign Bob Lewandowski or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you, I, I'm just going to list off some names and you yeah. just tell me if you think they have a future at Barcelona. Uh, Gavi. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's just part of that. He's part of that core. You don't, you, you don't think the recent uh, anger uh, between Laporta and the agent are going to cause some problems? I don't know, man. Like, this just seems to be such, like, it seems to be so standard now. Like, look, I will say, if anything, I, I don't enjoy the this new, and I think you and I have talked about this. I don't enjoy this new, like, company line. Look, I know the, the finances were an absolute nightmare and, you know, the club's not out of the woods and all of that. But I hate this new company line of like, well, if you really loved us, you'd be willing to do this for free. Like, no, dude, like this is a high paying job in other places. Like just, yeah, maybe I'll give you a bit of a hometown discount, but like you do remember the business you're in, right? So I, I do think they'll work it out though. I think so too. Uh, Martin Braithwaite. I mean, I... Oh. I mean, I think he winds up signing with like a, a mid-table. I mean, I think like he's he's a good striker for a mid-table like Premier League side, probably. You know, he has two years left on his deal. Wow, <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Um, yeah, because he was quoted, uh, "quote It's not something I'm thinking about talking about an exit. I have two years remaining on my contract in Barcelona. In football, you never know what can happen, but I'm very calm on the matter. I want to work hard. That's what it's all about." I can't control anything that we have to see what has to happen. I think you're right. Like I could see him in a mid-tier Premier League team. He's good. Yeah, and also because you know I, I don't know what his wages are. But I mean, he was a he's a remnant of the Bartomeu regime, right? Yes, he was a panic. Oh, so signing. he's super overpaid too. Probably because he, yeah, he was a panic signing. Remember they had to get like that weird exception to like sign him. Yeah, after yeah, the transfer. yeah. They signed him for like thirty five million or something because yeah. like because Barca couldn't find a striker anywhere. <laughs> just and now they're going to have the 17 club. strikers heading into next season. Oh, yeah. Um, including Luke. I always forget about Luke. <laughs> uh, here's a name. Uh, Mirlin Pjanic. 
Oh, yeah, he's still he's still a Barca player, isn't he? Yeah, and he says he uh, is planning on finishing out his contract. That Barcelona has important meaning for him. He has that two has more years to be a game on his chicken, deal, right? He has two more years on his deal. I know, like that's got to be a game of chicken. Like that. Has I don't know. All I know of... is my man is used to spending his time in Italy, and right. No offense to Istanbul and Turkey. Uh, you know, maybe he didn't enjoy his time in Turkey, and that's why he's like, I love Barcelona. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. So yeah. they panic sell him to Juventus or wherever. Uh, there's not a ton of interest for him at big Serie A clubs. I know, I think Roma, and I think Inter was linked with him previously. Not anymore. Um, I don't really know where he can go. Like maybe Napoli wants him on a loan deal, I read, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, if he's back, it's because... You know, no one was, no one was willing to, to take a flyer on him either on a loan or a, or a sale. They're going to loan him out. Or yeah, or maybe he's just you know he and his agents are trying to like play chicken with with Barca and sort of, you know, almost threaten to come back and like put that burden back on the wage bill. And with that, maybe they could spur a, a drop in the asking price so that he can get sold to a place where he actually wants to play. I don't know. Uh, Usman Dembele. I wish we, he'd be back. <laughs> can we talk like, about this bonus? You you have, you have to cough. You you go ahead and cough. Uh, no, I did. I, I'm all good. <laughs> I'm just gonna recap for people. So Barcelona saved 1.5 million euros by not starting Usman Dembele either of the last two games of the season. Uh, if he had started either one of those games, it would have triggered a bonus. Uh, and you know, it didn't trigger the bonus payment because he didn't start the games and he was able to come in on, you know, at, at, after halftime, uh, or he came after halftime in the second match. I don't think against Katafe, but, uh, do you think that endears the club to him at all when Paris are knocking, when Barcelona won't play him to get his bonus? I mean, I can't, can't Can imagine you, that. What? Does. Well, I mean, the thing is too, like, and look, I know uh, it's the kind of thing it's it's really easy for us to sort of talk about this on the outside and people say it about um i've heard people talk about it with like nba free agency and you know mlb and this and that but like i would imagine people do look at how other players are treated at a club you know i mean if i'm if i'm a guy who's going to come sign for you and I see you just nakedly screwing this guy out of out of a bonus that he rightfully earned. I mean, he was he was excellent for you know much of this season. So it's not like you know, it's not like they would have been doing him some sort of like it's not like he was some sort of charity case or they were doing him a solid if they put him in. Like he was actually the best option on the on the pitch. And yeah, I mean it's it's kind of gross. I like it's yeah I mean I I don't care for that <laughs> yeah uh, especially here's the thing if he has two more years on his deal and you want to save some money um I still don't respect it but at least it makes like business sense but if you want him to like come back for you and yeah. sign what I'm assuming is going to be less than whatever PSG are offering him yeah um but don't, team, yeah you want to endear yourself to him. Uh, and doing something like that when Kylian Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi are like, hey, man, come over here. 
and freaking oil money is you know being mailed in envelopes to you uh yeah that doesn't help (laughs) no i mean i don't yeah like because sometimes i do wonder about this like you know we talked about it with um oh um i okay there's there's reports from the last like four hours yeah uh that he's choosing psg i mean it's not you know i i'm guessing that it's not shocking it's kind of a bummer because like we finally after all this time we got to see how awesome he actually could be and is and just in time to neither recoup any of the transfer fee nor enjoy like a meaningful portion of what's left of his prime <laughs> yeah i'm so that's awesome it, i think sports reporting it his house is up for rent he is planning on moving on in the next wow okay that but, sucks um that does suck I that mean, sucks big but, time <laughs> but, but going back to the, they're gonna lose him for free they paid so much money for him at least with coutinho they made 20 million back they screwed this up so bad they're gonna not make a cent I know. And you know what they got out of it? A second place finish in the league. And ah, I okay. think they won the league one of the years that he was. Well, I, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Maybe at like the very but, beginning. Yeah. No, it really was. But like, that's it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. It's no, this, the, the postmortem on these is going to be pretty bad. I mean, I guess because they're recouping what? At least they're recouping like, is it 40 million for Griezmann? Uh, I think. Atletico might have tried to squeeze that even lower. I'm not sure. We'll but, we'll save Dembele for another conversation once it's yeah. official because I don't think his contract runs out technically yeah. till June 30th. But I think um, broadly speaking, what we were talking about, and it applies not just to Dembele, but even just like you know a couple of the guys that we were talking about previously. You know, it was like Gabi and you know everyone else. Like, I mean, the the sense that I get, and it, of course it depends on you know which outlet you read. You know, kind of who who they're, who they're lean, you, which side they lean towards. But I feel like this sense of this Laporte area era, I realized like was one of difficult decisions and, you know, the, the restoration of the club and like, we, you know, we have to, we have to do all this stuff. We have to clear the decks and whatever, but the extent to which the, the club publicly sort of shame the club or their very you know their their buddy buddy media outlets either publicly shames or villainizes players who aren't like i said who aren't literally here who aren't willing to play for the exposure you know what i mean who aren't willing to like you know just work for free because like whatever because the power of the Blagrana compels you you know like just i it's it's gotten a little, I understand we're in a tough bind. We need your help, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's getting a little bit tiresome. And also like, it kind of hurts the self-esteem of the, of the club where you're like, okay, man, like, do we have to panhandle for everything? Um, we have like a couple of minutes left till my Zoom yeah. meeting kicks us off. Uh, I, w- I wanted to hear your thoughts on, uh, Real Madrid uh, losing out on, you know, I mean, I, I say this right after word, losing Usman Dembele for free. At least Real Madrid didn't pay $100 million for Mbappe. Uh, but I'm sure they sent some nice gifts along the way the last couple of years. Oh, uh, and uh, Kylian Mbappe, of course, chooses PSG after much flip-flopping uh, and some good uh, posturing and negotiating out of him and his agents. 
Yeah. Uh, he returns to PSG. What are your thoughts on Real Madrid not getting Erling Holland or Kylian Mbappe, and they're still going to be better than us next year? <laughs> I mean, look. First of all, that's fantastic. I, I do I do love that. I mean, anytime like the the world reminds Florentino Perez that he's you know just a part of like fallible humanity, like that's that's a big win. So basically the the super league and Erling Holland and Kylian Mbappe have you know they've they've done God's work in, in the past like couple of years so that's nice um yeah I mean I think um I mean I do think Madrid will be better than Barca next season but I actually don't it all comes down to like given the age and where he is on the on the career curve and everything like you're relying on Modric and Benzema to to stay this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I think uh, so, Camavinga. I, right? I think or, they'll be better. What's his I, name? But I think Mbappe would have just thrown them into just like a like a stupid tier of of yeah. great. You know what I mean? Because well, I mean, they, they do have a bunch of like the good young players who are now sort of the guys that they bought like four years ago that like you sort of forget about. And, you know, they they played wherever they played or sat on the bench. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. They have these other like three world class players are going to unleash on us. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like me throwing stones at like a, a you know, what's the saying? Throwing stones at a brick house because they're about to yeah. play in a Champions League final this weekend. Um and Barcelona lost to Villarreal this Sunday and are done for the year. So uh, it's it's true, but hey, it, you know, it, like, it, it's you know we gotta throw what we can while we have it. You know, um, look, pettiness is half the fun of fandom. Yeah, I mean, there's right. like I love the well because like no, this was their four year plan. This was the like everything. People were very the, confident he was coming. I oh was confident God. he was going. I thought it was every done. egg was put in sort of into that basket and like and just like the the swaggering of you know everything they're like oh he's he's here even the papers here like marco was like what was it like a week or two ago when he was in madrid having lunch or whatever marco was triumphantly proclaiming that he was there oh it's good fantastic stuff. it's good stuff <laughs> yeah it's good stuff. all right well everybody check out emil's work uh, at hardwood hype on twitter he posts all of his yeah. great stories we'll have some in the description below and emil thank you for joining us as always josh thank you